Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. So I want to talk about what must I do? How do I have a consistent spiritual life? When you look at the life of Jesus, you understand something about Jesus that he placed value on his spiritual life. How do I know this? I know this because the Bible says that many times because of the kind of schedule that he ran, because of how busy he was, that many times before the break of dawn, that Jesus would wake up and go to a quiet place to be with the Father alone. And there he would pray. That tells me that he was paying a price to maintain the freshness, the consistency of his spiritual life. You would think, well, he was Jesus, the son of God. He just needs to wake up every morning and just go about his business. But no, he would wake up early, go into the mountain, go somewhere far away so that he could be alone with God. He he valued it. You know, sometimes as well, even in my life, um, I'm not comparing myself with Jesus. And I know that this is probably the wrong order to have said these things, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to compare myself with Jesus. But sometimes in some seasons of my life, maybe I'm very busy and going through a lot. I actually drink coffee at 10 p.m. at night because I know I need to pray. If I feel like I need to pray and I'm tired, I just take coffee and drink at 10 p.m. at night because it's desperate times call for desperate measures. All right. What must I do? What must I do? The first thing I want to say to you that you must do is that you must make your spiritual life a priority. I know it sounds easy. I know it sounds basic. But the reason why I need to repeat this is because most of us have not. We have not made our spiritual life a priority. It sounds simple, but many people have not. So your spiritual life must become a priority in your life. The Bible says this, this is my first text for the day in Daniel chapter one and verse eight, because we've been talking about Daniel last week and I want us to continue. By the way, you should study the entire book of Daniel. It's an amazing book for every child of God. The Bible says in Daniel chapter one and verse eight in the New King James Version, but Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He proposed in his heart. What Daniel was saying basically is that this is important to me. It's so important to me that I'm willing to go against the king's wishes to accomplish this, that I do not defile myself. It is a priority in my life. Another translation said that Daniel made up his mind And that translation says that Daniel was determined. My question to you is, are you determined? Or how determined are you to have a healthy, vibrant, thriving spiritual life? How determined are you? What price are you willing to pay? You must make it a priority. If you don't, you will not have a consistent spiritual life. You know, just like in my life, if I go about my life every day, Some days I'm busier than others. And the days that I see, look at my schedule, and I see that I'm going to be very busy, I plan 
for quality time with my kids. I actually plan it in my calendar at 7.15, I'm gonna calm down and I'm gonna spend, even if it's just 30 minutes uninterrupted, no phone, just playing, laughing, joking around with the kids for 30 minutes. It's planned, why? I consider it a priority, it's important. And it's the same approach you must give to your spiritual life. You must make it a priority. First thing in your life must be your spiritual life. All right, that's the starting point. If you haven't done that, if you haven't done that, all the other points will mean nothing. Make it a priority, understand the importance, embrace the value and do that. Jesus made it a priority in his life. That's why he would run away from the crowds to be alone with the Lord, to get spent time with the Father. It was a priority for him. Bible says he called his disciples that they might be with him. That was more important to him than even sending them out. So don't get too busy. Don't get too busy, you know, working. Don't get too busy with school. Don't get too busy with kids that you forget that your priority is to have a relationship with God. If your relationship with God is intact, you would have a good relationship with your spouse. You will do well at work. If your relationship with God is intact, you would have peace in your heart. All the running helter-skelter, you would slow down. If your relationship with God is intact, he will give you wisdom to solve complicated problems. A lot of problems that we run around for, looking for solutions, God has a solution. But we haven't spent enough time with him to get the solution from him. You must, number one, make it a priority. You must make a personal pledge. Look yourself in the mirror and say, from today, my priority is my spiritual life first. Not service, not even not even service in church, but my walk with God, my personal walk with God becomes my priority. Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. If you have a tough schedule, schedule your time with God. All right, make it a priority. The second thing you must do is what I term high intensity engagements. High intensity engagements. If you must have a consistent walk with God, a spiritual life that is thriving, you must have some high intensity engagements. And what are these examples? Fasting. Fasting must be a lifestyle for you. You must have days when you fast, weeks when you fast, all right? Whatever works for you, but there must be fasting as part of your, as part of your regimen. That's a high intensity. That means that the level of spiritual engagement in that season or in, for that day or for that period or for that time is more, is heightened than a typical day, all right? So you have your steady state, you have your consistent state. Maybe you pray every day for 30 minutes or one hour, you study your Bible in your quiet time, but there must be those sections of your life where you dedicate to high intensity engagement, all right? Another example, all night prayers, pray all night high intensity those help you recharge they boost you all right another example take retreats go off for a weekend don't just take vacations take spiritual retreats i remember you know years ago i still do it by the way the last time i went on a spiritual retreat was in december took like three or four days away you go lock yourself up you and god alone well you can take retreats you can go on retreats with people as well but i'm talking about a personal retreat now just you and god go with just your bible and your notes and a book, a Christian book or something that you want to read, not phones, not computer, don't go there and watch Netflix. You lock yourself up, you know, get a room, Airbnb, a hotel room or something. And for two days, even if it's just two nights, even if it's just one night, you spend the time in intense engagement with God, intense, not normal. Those are things that are not 
that are over and above normal. Long prayer. Okay? You know, dedicated day. Say today, I just want to pray for five hours. Some of you are like, what? Five hours? Yeah, five hours. Maybe you do one hour and then you take a 15-minute break or a 30-minute break in between. But just block out a Saturday to do that. It's important that you prioritize your spiritual life. You can spend four hours watching a Netflix movie. Sometimes I do that where I realize I've been on, I've been watching back-to-back episodes and it's been two hours and three hours have passed. And I'm like, no, 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 this cannot happen. So you should be able to pray long prayers, high intensity engagement, dedicate a weekend to fasting. All right, maybe in a month, you say the last weekend of every month, I want to fast. I want to fast and pray. For example, at the beginning of the year, uh, seven hours of prayer, that was a high intensity engagement. All right. What we did last Sunday, um, recharge prayers, that was a high intensity engagement. Not every day do you get to pray for three hours. And if you do pray for three hours every single day, I really salute you. All right. That's amazing. But not everybody prays for three hours. Most people pray less than one hour every single day. Some people pray two hours, whatever your level is. I want to get to the point where I can pray four hours every day. But that's a high intensity engagement what it does is that it recharges you it gives you a boost to go on don't just do the 10 minutes 15 minutes schedule time every quarter for example there will be one weekend where i spend time with god i will study one book of the bible from cover to cover i would pray for 10 hours plan it and block it out just the same way you block out time for everything else that you do make sure that you have some of this high intensity high intensity engagements jesus had them don't forget that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights at the beginning of his ministry. That's a high intensity. And the Bible says when he came back, he came back in the power of the spirit. He was, he was charged in his spirit. High intensity. Jesus prayed all night. The Bible says he went into the solitary place to pray and he was there all night in prayer. That's a high intensity engagement. All right. Long prayers. You need to start doing that. I remember when I started, you know, learning how to pray long prayers. And like I said, this one is very practical. So I'll just tell you what I did. I started saying, you know what? I want to be able to pray for one hour. And then I would write 12 prayer points down and say, if I pray for five minutes, this is how my retreats used to be back in the day. This was maybe like 2008. I would say, I want to go on retreat this weekend and I'm going to pray and just read my Bible. I'll go with Kenneth Hagin books. I remember those days I would go, I read all Kenneth Hagin books on retreat. I believe in visions and um, the believer's authority and power of speaking in tongues and all that stuff. All his books on healing and the anointing, I read them in retreats. I would go with one book. I said, this weekend, I'm going to finish this one book and then I'm going to pray for a total of eight hours over the next three days. That's how I started. And then I'll write 12 prayer points. And I'll say, you know what? If I pray for five minutes each, that's 60 minutes. And then I would rest, I'll read, and then I'll do it all over again. And then I realized that I'll pray for more than one hour. I'll go for two. I'll go for three. I'll go for four. And I, I started abandoning my prayer points because once you start praying, the Bible says the Spirit of God would quicken you. He would come and he would quicken you. All right. High in, If you're not having high intensity engagement, it will be difficult to maintain consistency in your spiritual life. All right. You will struggle. So keep doing that. And we're going to try to organize some of us as well as a church buddy. But you should get together yourself. Book a weekend, go have a retreat, pray and all that stuff. Very important. Number three, what must I do? Like I said, today I'm not really teaching. I'm just sharing tips with you. You must have what I call high impact engagements. So I said high intensity engagements, but I also want to talk about high impact engagements. There's a slight difference here. And so how I can explain this is this. You know how if you're married, 
husband and wife, naturally you talk every day. Sometimes you talk for hours about all kinds of things. You're just gisting, talking about work, talking about kids, talking about family, what you watch on CNN, <laughs> talking about anything out there, just gisting, that's what you do. So you can talk for two hours, three hours a day, maybe more in some cases. And that's good because that's quality time and that communication is important for a relationship. But then there are those moments where you just say, hey babe, I just want you to know that I appreciate you and I love you. Thank you for all you do. That's in 10 seconds. The impact of that simple, that quick conversation or combination of sentences, I appreciate you, I love you, thank you for all you do. You mean everything to me. Those little things go so much further, all right, than everything else that you do, than the quality time and everything. Why? Because that's a high impact engagement. It's not long, it's not lengthy, but it is loaded. And so with God as well, and I, this is something that I've come to discover in recent times, and I've been practicing this in my life as well, that there are those moments, what I would consider my prime time, when I'm just about to drift off into sleep or when I've just woken up in the morning or if I wake up in the middle of the night for any reason and maybe I wanna work in the middle of the night, I'll take two minutes, not five, not 10, just two minutes, sometimes maybe five, but no longer than five minutes to have what I call a high impact engagement with the Lord. And I just say, Lord, I just want to let you know that I really love you and I appreciate you for all that you've done in my life. I want to beg you, please, whatever you're doing in this season, make sure that I'm part of it. Use me for your glory. Lay your hand on my life. Speak to me. Lead me in my going out and in my coming in. Without you, I am nothing. You have to understand the depth of me is communicating with the depth of God. It's different from when you want to pray and sometimes it takes you like 45 minutes just to even work up momentum. You're just like, yabba, 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 yabba. Sorry, I'm not mocking the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying you're speaking in tongues. You know, and you're just going and you're like, you know that the prayer is not, you're not connecting yet. And I'm not saying it's not valuable. That's still time spent with God. It accrues to you. Okay, there's equity there. But that high impact engagement, I've learned not to trade that for anything. There's a peace that floods your heart. Before you drift off into bed at night, mean it. I'm not saying it's not a religious thing. So it's not like every day you recite the same thing. Every day might be different. You know, Jesus, you mean everything to me. I thank you for all you've done. This has been another day. I appreciate you. Please lay your hand on my life. Speak to me, lead me, let me not never miss you. I give you my life, I commit myself to you. Fine. You know, those I find extremely potent. Most times when you sleep and drift off into sleep after such engagements, you have an encounter with God, you have clarity, the Holy Spirit visits you. You know, you have dreams of life and things that make sense, not people chasing you in your dreams and all those crazy stuff that happens because it's a high impact engagement. Don't ever forget that. So you should have the high intensity engagement but you need to also have the high impact, high impact and you know, the, the, what I call the whispers of your heart. You mean it. I mean it from the depth of me. God, please use me for your glory. Please do. Please do. And if there's a problem, and I usually don't spend those times, you know, that, that time bringing any, any problems to the Lord. Like, oh God, help me with this. No, it's usually something just to say, something that is consecrating me to him. You have me, all of me, use me for your glory. And even if there's any way I'm disappointing you right now, help me understand it. Help me stir my heart back to you, you know, and you find that you wake up in the morning, you're refreshed, your spirit is connected to the Lord. You can pick him, you're discerning because your last thing you did before you went to bed, the first thing you do when you wake up, before you jump out and jump on your phone, 
in the morning is that because when I wake up in the morning, most times I have a ton of emails already waiting for me because I work with people globally. People in Europe have woken up five hours before and my inbox is already starting to get full. So before I even get out of bed, most days I get on my email, respond to a few emails before I even go in the shower or anything. So, but before I do that, before I even open my eyes, I'm just like, thank you for another day. I just say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. I can't even believe that you're using me for your glory. You know what? I'm available for you. Whatever you want to do with me, I'm here. Those are high impact engagements because you mean it. You mean it. You mean it. You mean it. All right. So high impact engagements, high intensity engagements. You must, you must, you must make it a priority. Number four, you have to train your soul. The reason why it's important to pray and have consistency is because it's difficult. Let's put it that way. It's just, it's just difficult to maintain every day. Pray for one hour. What? No. How? How? It, just, it doesn't work. But understand, okay, that you can train. And I've been talking to, I'm talking to most of us, you know, as I mean, in this season, as I do most of my counseling, I've been talking to us about this concept of training your soul. I'll give you an example. The human soul is a neutral organ. That's not an example I'm teaching, but I'll give you an example in a short while. Your, your soul is a neutral organ. Your soul desires what you feed it. So it, it, it doesn't come with desire of its own. Either the flesh influences the soul or the spirit influences the soul. So it depends on what the Bible, the Bible says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What's Galatians 6 and 7? Whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. If you sow to the flesh corruption, you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. It's what you sow to your soul that your soul desires. And knowing that trick is a key to having a, a consistent spiritual life. So your soul right now, there is nothing, absolutely nothing in the whole world that you cannot gain a liking for or take or, gain, or develop an appetite for. There is nothing. There are a lot of things that you see right now that oh, I would never do that. It's so disgusting. I can't believe people do that. If you expose your soul to that thing long enough, you will start to have a desire for it. I say that again. Anything in the whole world, the most perverse thing that you can ever imagine in your life that disgusts you to your core, if you repeatedly expose your soul to that thing, you will start to desire it. Let me take a basic example and then I, I, would, I, would, es I would escalate in a second. If you go on Netflix, because this is a popular one, you go on Netflix and you want to look for a show to watch, you start to watch a show and you when you start watching the show you realize that this is not my kind of show i'm a shooting kind of guy or an intense thriller or a really intellectual movie kind of guy if you start to watch a tv series or something you watch the first episode the second episode when you get to about the third or fourth episode you realize that what you said you did not like or enjoy your soul starts to desire. It becomes almost an addiction. You now want to binge watch it. You now want to watch every single thing. Why? You have created an appetite that was not there before. There is nothing in the world, including food, including habits, including anything, sex, anything. You cannot write off anything and say, I can never have this habit. The only thing you can do for sure is guard your soul from it. Because the moment you expose your soul to something long enough, the soul is a neutral organ, like I said. It will start to desire. The seeds you have sown will start to germinate and call for more of it. So because of that, that also means you can use that to your advantage. If you expose your soul to more of God, your soul would naturally start to desire spiritual things. 
and you can have a consistent spiritual life. This is the trick. There is a tipping point where you've done something repeatedly over and over again until it becomes a habit. And that's what you need to find. And for some of us, it's 30 days or 40 days. So if you want to, if you want to have a consistent spiritual life for 40 days, 40 days, set a target. Okay, let's make this a challenge for the next 40 days. Whatever your target is, if you want to pray for 30 minutes a day and you want to study your Bible for 30 minutes a day. So for the next 40 days, book your schedule so that you do that consistently. What you're doing is that you're training your soul to desire the word of God. You're training your soul to desire time spent with God. By the time you get to day number 41, I'm not saying it's 40 days or hard and fast rule. I'm just giving you an example. I'm just saying a certain number of days, your soul now starts to be the one, become the one pulling you into the presence of God. When you haven't prayed, you start to desire to pray. When you haven't read your Bible, you start to desire to read your Bible. That's how it works for me. If I haven't read my Bible, whew, something is not right with me. Okay, if I haven't listened to at least one sermon a day, every single day, this is not this is not how I used to be. You have to don't don't forget I used to be the guy in the entertainment business. Don't forget my right. This I had other desires. I was a, a chronic, you know, you know, an avid fan of of rap music. I used to be the guy who buys the album on the Tuesday. Back then, albums used to drop only on Tuesdays. On the Tuesday, we buy the album from the store and the CD. And I'm listening to track one to track number 16 all the way to the end. Not just the singles. I listen to everything. That was my that was my appetite. I used to be out in the clubs. So I have retrained my soul to desire something else. I don't have those desires anymore. I don't. I don't miss it. I don't even have them at all. My soul now desires every day that I listen to a sermon, at the minimum one sermon, at the very minimum that I listen to. If I don't read, that I, at least I hear the audio of my Bible. If for any reason at all, I'm traveling or whatever, I'm not able to read the audio, I must hear it. It's a train of your soul. So you need to train your soul, create new appetites, 40 day challenge. If you do it consistently, that seed that you've sown will start to call. And so that becomes what pulls you. You know, if it's just like every habit you start, when you, the first day you start going to the gym, it's a struggle. After a few months, it becomes a habit. If you don't go, you, you it's like your body starts telling you, get up now and go to the gym. Why you must understand this is that it's dangerous because a lot of us, we take days off. And a day off is more than a day off. Once you break your routine, it's very difficult to get back. All right, especially if your habit has not been formed yet. So don't do five days and break it. Don't do 10 days and break it. Do it until it becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, at that point, you're now on cruise control. You're now coasting. You just supplement with some of these high intensity engagements and high impact engagements. Train your soul to pray. Train your soul to desire the word of God. Every day, if you read God's word every day, you do it for 40 days. I promise you, after that point, it becomes cruise control. All right? Read, pray, book your time, the same time every day. Do it for 40 days. It becomes a habit. You don't even need your alarm to wake you up anymore. You would naturally wake up at that time because it's time to pray. And grace kicks in. And grace kicks in. Train your soul. You realize that Daniel, in the book of Daniel, he maintained his habits. The Bible says three times a day he would pray. That was one of the major secrets of Daniel that, that's subtle but nobody really knew. Three times a day, this guy would open his windows towards Jerusalem and he would pray. And he would pray. A habit had been created. That's how he maintained his spirituality, even though he was in Babylon. Very, very 
important. For some of us, we need to challenge ourselves. Do it with a friend. Do it with someone. Set a 40-day challenge right now. I would read my Bible for this number of minutes. I would study and I would pray. Whatever that looks like. Your, everyone's targets can be different. For some of you, it might be two hours you want to pray a day. Some of you might be three hours. Some of you might be eight hours. God bless you. And pray for me while you're praying for eight hours too. For some of us, it's just 45 minutes. For some of you, it's just 30 minutes. But do it consistently. Don't break it for anything. Don't break it for anything. Don't break it for anything. It's very important. Okay? Train your soul. The next point is this. Join yourself to someone else. This is very, very important. Don't go your spiritual journey alone. Don't go it alone. We say all the time in our church, don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. But also don't do spiritual life alone. Don't ever think that you can keep your spiritual life going by yourself. You need to join yourself to someone. Have someone who you can pray with. and who you Not who you can pray, but who you pray with. Not every day, I'm not saying every day, but if you're in a place, by the way, let me say this to you, if you're in a place right now where you've not been able to pray at all, you're not praying, maybe you're praying only once in two, three weeks, then every day you can pray with someone. But once you've come to a point where you've developed your relationship with God and you have your own, and then you just need to augment or support that with the person who you pray with. Join yourself to someone. Don't go it alone. You will not reach your destination if you go it alone. That I can assure you. The Bible says that it is not good. God said, God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. God says, and I said to I said this to you before that when God speaks about mankind, it's not a piece of advice. He's not making a suggestion. He's the maker. He knows exactly what he's talking about. God said, It is not good that man should be alone. That is a general statement. It's not just about marriage. He looked at the man he had made and said, No, it is not good for man to be alone. So don't sit at home and think you're trying to, you know, jumpstart your spiritual life by yourself. You you know already that it's an exercise in future. I've been there before. I say, I'm going to do it by myself. I'm going to get back on, on my rhythm and my, you know, my habits. And you realize that you a month has passed and you have, you're even worse than what you used to be. But when you get a friend, get somebody. The Bible says that iron sharpens as iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. Someone you can pray with. Everybody needs somebody do not try to do it alone. You will not succeed. There is an adage or proverb that says that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And this spiritual journey is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So don't think you can go alone. Go together. Find someone who can join hands with you and pray and pray. Very, very important. God said it is not good. God <laughs> That man should be alone. So are you doing your spiritual life alone? And if you're being honest with yourself, you will probably, and I want to see your comments in the chat section, you will probably be able to testify that the, the, the seasons of, you know, of growth in your life, you weren't doing it alone. When you were really growing spiritually, you realized that you were, you were in with a group of people together. You were praying, you were growing together. Do not do it alone. God expects a personal relationship, but not an independent one, because he never built us to be independent. He expects you to have a personal relationship with him. So we might be all together in a group praying, but he's hearing your heart. That's a but not an independent relationship. That's why the church exists, the body of Christ exists. So that brothers, we are but members of the body, you know, we're the body of Christ and members individually together. Do not go it alone. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, from verse 9, the Bible says that two are better than one. Two are better than one. 
Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. The Bible says that for if one falls, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him that is alone when, not if, when he falls. When he falls. Everybody would have a season where they feel like there's a slump in their spiritual life. Because when you have your slump, it says, for he has no one to help him up again. You have no one else to bring you up. Bible says again, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. You want to keep that fire going? Pair up. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered. So the enemy might overpower one person. The enemy might attack one person's spiritual life. But two can withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. It's not quickly broken. Don't go it alone. Two are better than one. It's a general statement. It is not good that man should be alone. It's a general statement. Do not go it alone. You understand that when you look at the life of Jesus, he didn't do life alone. This was the son of God. He picked 12 people who were always with him. Always with him. And the moment when he was going through trials and he was being tested, he called three and said, come and pray with me. Come and support me in prayer. Don't go it alone. You need to have someone that you can pray with, someone that you can study the Bible with, someone that you can, you know, practice spiritual disciplines together. When you do it with someone, your labor, the Bible says you have a good reward for your labor. There is no time in the Bible, none, not a single time, that Jesus sends his disciples out in, in singles. He always sends them out in pairs. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, I believe in verse one, that he sends them out two by two. Two at the minimum, two by two, at the minimum, two by two. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. If two of you shall agree as touching a thing, it's always multiples. Do not become an isolated disciple. When people say, you know, I, I just want, it's just me and Jesus. You're deceiving yourself. It's not just you and Jesus. It's you and someone, or, or the church, the body of Christ. And Jesus, God wants you to have a personal relationship with him, but not an independent one. Because an independent relationship would not last and it would not work. You would not be consistent. You would not be effective. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Consistency, pair up. All right? Don't go it alone. Find a partner. Don't do spiritual life alone. Lastly, for you to maintain consistency in your spiritual life, you have to leverage grace. You have to leverage grace. You have to understand that help is available. Don't ever try to do anything spiritual in the energy of the flesh. And that's what most of us don't understand. We think, oh, I just write some resolutions down and I'm just gonna do it by my willpower. By February 14, you've already broken all the resolutions that you had. Because you never try to, if it's not a spiritual thing, that's fine. But if it's a spiritual thing, like your walk with God, don't ever try to do it in the energy of the flesh. Yes, be determined, of course. Yeah, of course, have determination. But if you rely on your determination, you would fail woefully. You have to leverage the grace of God. And so the Bible says this about Daniel, Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, which I read to us before. Daniel says, that Bible says that Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, and he had pleaded with Ashpenaz, who was the chief of the eunuchs or the chief of staff, not to eat 
the king's meat. And in verse 9, pay attention to what the Bible says. The Bible says that now God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. So there was grace available. You know, the, the, he, he had a desire to please the Lord. He expressed it. He tried. And the Bible says God brought him into favor. So it's not just by willpower. If he was determined all he wanted and he did not have the favor, they would have forced him to eat the stuff. But because he had favor, grace is always available to you. To serve God, grace is always available to you. To walk with God, grace is always available. Leverage the grace of God. Don't try to do it in the energy of the flesh. It, it, you will be frustrated. You're going to fail. You're going to disappoint yourself. Nothing spiritual can be accomplished in the energy of the flesh. And that's one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit was given to us. The Holy Spirit was given to you and I as a helper. As a helper. To do, help us do what? To help us do anything we need that we cannot do. Help us. That was it. He would, another helper is coming. He would teach you all things. He, was, he would supply grace to you. He will give you the quickening that you need when you want to walk with God. So you want to read your Bible sometimes? You don't feel like it. That's the truth. But pick it up and start reading and grace becomes available to you. Do you want to pray? Most times you don't feel like praying. Start praying. 10 minutes into the prayer, 12 minutes into the prayer, 13 minutes into the prayer, grace kicks in. The Spirit of God quickens you. Grace is available. You must ask God for grace. This must be on your prayer list every time. I need grace, oh God, to walk with you. But remember this, that grace is for the weak. Grace is not for the lazy. I say that again so that the people at the back can hear me. Grace is for the weak. Grace is not for the lazy. So don't say you want to pray, you lay down and you're ready and you're like, oh God, just give me grace. Grace doesn't come that way. Grace comes when you stand up. Okay, you go and start to pray. Then you get grace. You're tired, but God will give you the grace to pray. You realize, oh, I didn't know I've been praying for an hour. That's grace. Grace is not for laziness. Grace is not for you to, to sit down and say, oh, I can't read my Bible today. Then God give me grace. No, no, no. That's not grace. Grace starts when you open the first page. All right. Grace is for the weak, not for the lazy. But you must leverage grace in your relationship with God. If you want your spiritual life to be vibrant, you want it to come alive, you have to make it a priority. You have to. You have to. You have to plan for it. You have to dedicate time. It's more important than anything in your life because when anything, any, and I mean anything in your life, more important than your marriage, more important than your, your relationship with your spouse because if your relationship with God is not okay, you will misbehave. You will start throwing temper tantrums. You'll be easily offended. You'll be angry. But when your relationship with God is okay, you live from the inside out, out of the abundance that you have, you can give to other people around you, to your family, to your spouse, to your children, to your job, to your church. It's an outflow of the relationship you have. You must engage high intensity engagements, high intensity, fasting, prayers, okay? Long prayers, all night prayers, retreats are valuable. You have to do this. If you're never going to read on a retreat, spiritual retreat before, I enjoin you, I plead with you, just try it. You come back and you would have a testimony. You would, you would be so excited. You want to do it. You will be looking for the next opportunity. Just lock yourself with God and just stay with God. Okay? High impact engagements. The whispers of your heart, I said. Very, very important. Don't go it alone. <laughs> 
Don't go it alone. Find a partner. Join a connect group. All right? Do it. Train your soul. Re-engineer and redesign your appetites. Give yourself new appetites by challenging yourself to stay consistent for a long amount, period of, long period of time so that your soul starts to hunger for the things of God. That's the desire, the things of God. And whenever you feel like it, the, that desire is going, you make sure that you keep the consistency again. You re you know, re-energize, you keep, you reinfuse some energy into that, that activity and then you find that the appetite comes back. And you, I said what? You must leverage the grace of God. Grace is for the weak, grace is not for the lazy. My strength, my grace is sufficient for you because God's strength, my strength is made perfect in weakness, not in laziness. Engage grace. My challenge to you is this, we've spoken over the past three weeks. That your spiritual life is your real life. That you must be vibrant. You must have a very active spiritual life. You must be consistent in your spiritual life. So you enjoy your spiritual life. Talk to you about the, the, the symptoms. Talk to you about why we struggle and how to maintain consistency. And I'm praying for you that God will give you the grace to live from the inside out. You will live from the abundance, the wells that you have dug in, in the spirit. Out of that shall flow your real life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that God gives you the wisdom. Okay, God gives you the practical wisdom to rebuild, reconnect with him spiritually. That God leads you to people, to the right person that you can partner and pair up with that would help you advance your cause. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.